0: Hey, you guys, welcome to the show. Lovely to see you. You all look very nice. You look nice. You look nice. I like your hair. You all look great. I'm glad to be here. And as you know, this month I've been doing a lot more stuff on positivity, which is very much out of my comfort zone. And I thought I did pretty good. I was doing pretty well, a couple weeks, just really going for it with the positivity. And then I crashed so hard, like all the positivity stuff just went right out the window, um, or more apropos, I guess to say, right down the drain with all the other shit. Uh, So today I'm not doing stuff on positivity, um, but I am doing something on a a very interesting treatment that's available. So uh, I had Trevor hit me up from Instagram, and he was like, hey, I have been getting treated for my depression that's been pretty resistant to medication with ketamine, and I would love to talk to you about it. And so uh, I was like, of course, because this is such an interesting topic, and he had a lot to say on it, and so he is here. So before I get to the show, you guys know what I do. I always have to say thanks to everyone from Patreon. Thanks to everyone who's there already and have been there and have been hanging out and being part of the crew, but also want to say thanks to Dale Zenan, Russ, and Daniel, welcome to, welcome to the little depression cult. I guess I'm the creepy leader and you guys are all my children. So welcome. I'm so glad that you're here. And that's all I'm going to say about Patreon today. I am going to jump right into the show. So here it is and I hope you guys enjoy.
1: I, I was feeling so bad and so tired of feeling tired mm-hmm. that I finally looked it up. And I called this program and they're like, yeah, um, you know, we'll do a phone interview. We're offering um, sleep deprivation or ketamine infusions.
0: Um, I'm going to take the ketamine. Yeah. yeah. Send what me kind of movie. dummies? Like, you know what? I want to just stay up all night. and be Yeah. Stuck I mean, with I could do thoughts. that this
1: Friday night, you know? Yeah. Um. So I was like. Was
0: this a clinical trial? Technically,
1: Yes. Okay. It, well, it was. Yeah. It was not so much clinical trials are for drugs that haven't been done just to see how bad, you know, your fingers are going to fall off or, you know, <laughs> whatever the hell is going to happen to you. This was because um, ketamine has been around for 60s. Since
0: 1960.
1: Yeah, I'm surprised. I, th- I was going to say 70s. Good well, job. Well, it
0: was discovered in 1960 and approved for use in 1970.
1: Right. So... Look
0: what happens when I read. Yeah, yeah. and again, <laughs> bounce,
1: me, bounce me back some things that I haven't, I forgot about, but... Um, just refer to me as
0: Dr. Carney. And perfect. I'll, and I'll do that.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah. So I was like, I'll, I'll totally do that. Cause I had been researching. I, I, like I said, I'd been through a few different medications and tried all these different things. And I was, I basically being someone who's, like I mentioned, never done any drug other than was the high school in, or the kid in high school that had the four foot bong and smoked a <laughs> shitload of weed. Um, I, um, I was really like, yeah, I don't know if I want to go down this road, but like when you're, you're desperate. I mean, yeah, when 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 you're at the bottom of a well and you've been there for so long, it's it your your mind of what you will and will not accept changes because
0: Well, it, you know you're you know you're bad when you're like, "You know what? A horse tranquilizer sounds good." Yeah. That's <laughs> that's the point you hit. Yeah. That all of a sudden this is your option. Yeah. But it's amazing that those options are available.
1: Right. And that's that's I started to research that. And then it was kind of ironic that right around that time that this, um, program was offering that. And, um, what I also didn't know, cause I thought, you know, like most of these things is that you'd have to, I thought you'd have to like go down to TJ or fly somewhere weird to get it. Like, you know how they do with like stem cells now you have to go to like Sweden or wherever it is.
0: Yeah. What's TJ? Tijuana. Oh, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> that means you've been there. Oh yeah. Yeah.
1: But uh yeah, so they, you know, they they're like, okay, we're gonna you know, they gave me an interview just to make sure I was legit mm-hmm. and you know, I was sick, quote unquote, whatever right. you want to call it.
0: So it was the interview with a psychiatrist?
1: Yeah, it was two psychiatrists, kinda like a panel thing, and um after two hours they're like, Cool, you know, you're a perfect um person to S- do it. You're sad enough. Yeah. And basically the just the the test wise going back was you know ketamine is used as um, an anesthetic um and maybe you can since you read a bit up on it it is used now in the battlefields a lot more than um, morphine and
0: yeah they used it in Vietnam
1: yeah Vietnam and it because it basically numbs and turns everything warm and they also use it on kids, like I was saying, for anesthetic because it doesn't mess with their blood pressure, or heart rate, or some, something like
0: yeah, that. Yeah, and it's kind of like I guess the high, like if you're actually maybe doing it just more as a drug, is like an out of body experience, so you're really not connected oh, yeah. to your I'll body. Get to that. Oh, oh my god, I'm so excited! <laughs> yeah. Okay,
1: so um, basically, you know, we, we don't we skip all the process of the the actual the program. It was a bunch of like you know functional tests and MRIs and stuff to see like. What it does to my DNA and
0: okay, so they'd give it to you and then put you in an blood, MRI machine. Yeah, blood wow. test.
1: So and they, it was a day after they'd like give me like functional tests, make me watch, you know, funny Disney movies and kind oh, of. Oh really? It was a super gnarly MRI. My mom's an MRI tech, so I kind of know. Yeah. It was like as heavy as a uh, a power magnet you can get for an MRI. Oh damn, like, and that's bad for radiation, sick. right? Yeah. Well, yeah. this one is so powerful that you left and you kind of like, yeah. They're like, probably- well,
0: I have depression and cancer now. Yeah. Great, perfect. Well,
1: exactly. Yeah. So
0: so they would show you the, this is just kind of interesting to me. So they would give you the ketamine. Mm-hmm. W- would you wait maybe 30 minutes till, for it to set in, then go in the MRI machine? No, no,
1: no. So I would get, I one day I would get the infusion, and then the next day I would go get, first I'd get a blood test, then they'd give me a few like functioning tests, like, hit spacebar a bunch of times mm-hmm. on your laptop and just these super basic things. But every, they give me the same test every, um, every way through it, through each step.
0: And how often did you get an infusion?
1: I got, well, so you're supposed the protocol for depression as it stands is six infusions right. within two weeks or like every other day or every other other day for the point of this, um, this program that, Going back to like why it's it's not essentially like a new drug and they're testing it. They're basically trying to prove and get it out there to the FDA that, you know, it is safe and it works very well as an off-label treatment for depression. Insurance can cover it. The, the FDA will approve it and all that
0: stuff. But that was what I was kind of confused about because on Wikipedia it says it's not an approved uh, treatment for depression. However, there's treatment clinics. Like a ketamine, like ketamine treatment center of Los Angeles or whatever. Yeah, are they? Is Wikipedia out of date, or are they operating like legally but giving you a drug? I don't understand the legality. Yeah, so they're
1: they're operating legally, and um, one of my buddies is an anesthesiologist, and I was talking to him about it, and it's basically it's it is FDA approved for you know other things, but not for depression, whatever. Yeah, so just like. Let's say Lamictal is used. It's an anti-seizure medication that they prescribe off-label. Um, ketamine is an anesthetic that is being prescribed off-label. Okay, so that's what off-label means. Yeah, uh, just just different use. It is legal, but the different the juxtaposition between like, is it being used for this, which the FDA has approved and I, my head could be totally in my ass with this, but it it seems like that's exactly how it works is if it's being used for what it was actually originally made for, then, you know, they'll cover it with insurance or what have you. But the fact that it still is legal, these, um, these few clinics. And I don't know, maybe if you, you saw like what States actually allow it and what don't, I didn't see what States now that that's actually, that would interest me. Um, but they're run by anesthesiologists so it it's like serious shit yeah. like they you you have a doctor and anesthesiologist with you the whole time but yeah as far as like going into it um actually getting to the actual the actual treatment it's uh so you know just like anything it's they you know they run an IV bag and they have it's basically 0.5 micromillimeters per kilogram of body weight. So I weigh a buck 90 and it came out to like 44 micromilligrams. But it was this giant ass syringe that they stick in this like automated thing. And it times it perfectly to it was there were four infusions. They lasted 50, 50 minutes.
0: So four infusions over about two weeks, Um week and a half.
1: Yeah, it was a week and a half. Um, and I got my last one like right before like the weekend of because Christmas was on Saturday. I think I, my last one was like, you know, Santa brought me a fourth ketamine infusion, <laughs> um, stocking stuffer, yeah. But, um, yeah, they, they you know, they it was kind of interesting because they brought me in and you know, coming from someone who's never done that, my, my brain isn't the kind of person or I'm not the kind of person who has like, oh, I'm just gonna go with the flow when I start feeling whatever I feel, lay me on the bed hook me up and then they're like okay so for the next five or ten minutes you know you're not going to feel much 10 15 minutes you're going to feel warm and tingly and then after 20 minutes like you're probably going to feel you're going
0: to wish you were at coachella yeah
1: (laughs) yeah so
0: so you did get pretty high
1: no cella over here yeah tell me about it yeah stagecoach. yeah um but uh yeah so (laughs) it's actually a pretty funny story so i was in a, a room full of nurses And, um, after 15 minutes, I was like, ah, this does feel pretty good. It's like, you know, it's, it it was in my right arm and get this really warm sensation that creeps over me. And then I I felt it. I was like, oh, this is pretty cool. And then, um, have you ever seen Inception?
0: Yes. Okay. I mean, I only saw it once in the theater. Okay.
1: So, so you know, when they hit that button and everything just goes, Yeah. that's exactly what it was like. Yeah. Cause I, and I was like. N- never experienced anything like that before I was like, Whoa, Whoa. Yeah. And I had a mask on and like some, you know, mellow music going. And I guess the nurse said after the fact, she's like, I looked in after you said that and uh, you had like this shit eating grin on your, like <laughs> glued to your face. Like you are going down a roller coaster or something, but it's, um, is it, it it's again, it's a, it's a, micro micro dose of what they would give someone to put them to sleep. Yeah. But um, you certainly feel it. It's, it's a pretty, it's, it's interesting. It's incredible. It's terrifying. It's amazing. Like all these different things you feel all wrapped into one. It's like the music I was listening to versus like the thing, the, the sensations I would feel in my body. Like everything was like its own thing together it was like all molded like that I could hear the nurses talking mm-hmm. and it seemed like it was part of what I was hearing in my ear or what I was feeling in my body it, it's it's, it's you were per- high yeah no I was high as shit yeah, yeah but it, it's pretty it, it uh, and I hate to say that because like I'm not someone who condones drugs at all but again like any anything these days that they're trying to figure out that initially if they were never abused could do incredible things for people who are suffering. Yeah. So
0: what did you feel? Because I read that you feel there's a possibility maybe 10 minutes after you'll feel better, or two days later, you'll feel better. So what was your response time like in in terms of feeling better?
1: Mine was pretty interesting. So strangely enough, I read they said people who work out a lot or are more athletic or active tend to get this kind of depression, like your confidence goes and like, you know, nobody likes me or loves me or it's, 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 it's pretty interesting. Um, in saying that all my symptoms that I've dealt with the past few years were all, you know, energy. And once towards the end of the day, once the energy was so low, that's when like the really bad mental stuff would kick in. Mm -hmm. So the first thing I noticed is when I had mentioned like your stress response going and all that stuff and sleeping, um, your circadian rhythm is controlled by, like, cortisol. So uh, I would I wasn't going to bed until 2 in the morning, 3 in the morning.
0: After the infusion? No, before. Okay.
1: And then I, you know, getting out of bed was impossible with, like, the sleep inertia. Basically, you know, if people don't know what that is, like, when you take a nap and wake up at 5 p.m. And you're like, where the where hell am I? I? So multiply that. By ten and make it last four hours. Like that's mm-hmm. how long it usually takes me to wake up. Same. Uh. Yeah, it sucks.
0: You know, I'm passionate when you add a uh, to the end of a word. Yeah. Same. Uh. Sucks. Yeah.
1: Um. So the first thing I noticed was because I sleep through the night, but it's it's very it's not clean. It's not like I don't suck up and like absorb the sleep, and I don't dream or anything like that. The first thing I noticed was. I started to dream, mm. and then I started to notice that, like, I'm sleeping. I guess safely. Mm-hmm. Like, I was just like kind without of a knife. Yeah, I was just <laughs> kind of kind of at ease. And then I started noticing that, like, after a week and a half, I was like, "Holy shit!" It's. I was like, "Oh, it must be late." I'd look, and it was like eleven fifteen. I'm like, "Fucking score! This this is working."
0: Eleven fifteen at night. Oh my god.
1: Yeah. So going from two in the morning just because I was so dead tired, like I basically pass out. Um, yeah. I started, that started working and that was, if, if basically there were two things I would have, could have hoped for, it was that my circadian rhythm, I was basically on Hawaii time mm-hmm. that it, my circadian rhythm would basically just lock back into place and that started to work. And then after um, I'd say um uh three weeks. So to, as an example, so I'm um, I'm a bow hunter and I'll be somewhere in the mountains and I'll, throughout the years I've been sick, I'll sit there and like, if we spot something, me and my buddies, I'll be like, yeah, it's exciting, but I don't even know what I'm doing out here. Like, I don't know how I'm going to get that far or whatever. And um, this, this last January, I was like, basically had a motor strapped to my ass. Like, I, out of nowhere, I was like, I can do this. I will run to the top of that damn mountain. I will ho- kill millions I, of animals. Yeah, well, uh, <laughs> I'm kidding. Well, um, I won't.
0: I won't give you a hard time about that. Um, Even though I want to, but I know yeah, bow hunting is better than gun hunting. Yeah,
1: and and so whatever. Yeah, the group of guys I roll with are, are pretty um, adamant about being respectful of all that stuff. Yeah. But But um, basically, these are like backpacking trips, and it takes a lot out of you. And I would because I know I love it. And I, regardless if I don't feel that I love it, I know I love it, so I, it's making me happy. So I do it anyway.
0: I was going to ask you about that. So were you on these bow hunting trips almost the way you weren't absorbing sleep, and then you were? Were you able to absorb fun?
1: Yeah, that and that's that. That was the next phase of it. It's basically after three weeks, because you know when 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 you've been dealing with the shit for that long, and and you're the mechanisms of which your body work have been off for so long it's going to take a little while yeah um i think for some of the people who are extremely um sick and you know don't know another way out and just want the pain to stop um those are the kind of people that immediately benefit from it um because it that it immediately takes all that stuff away for me after those 3 weeks i think what it did was it took away such stream, extreme mental exhaustion that I was able to stop ruminating and look outside of my surroundings and actually absorb what was going on rather than be be anywhere. It couldn't matter what I was doing. I could be on a, a cruise in Tahiti or a courtroom, wherever it may be, I but I still... I, I felt so terrible that I would just ruminate. I would be in, internalizing everything, thinking about how awful I felt. That went away. And that once that I noticed that, I was like, "This this is the relief that I've been wanting.
0: Wow. It seems like maybe what would happen is because you get relief in certain areas, it almost seems like it would lift enough of a fog from your brain for you to be able to help yourself in other ways that's an to interesting then thing that you bring it that. for, make it go longer. Like yeah. almost gives it more gas life or something. Yeah. So that's a phrase.
1: I, I I was talking to my doctor about that. I was like, every time I would take a new medication, I'm like, look, dude, just like anxiety, it, you would, you hope that you feel good enough to grab it by the horns rather than it controlling you by mm-hmm. the horns. And it, for me, it wasn't even like that. It was just like, it went away. and, it was crazy because that as soon as i really realized it it was almost like those 5 years were like 3 days of being sick wow just because i'm that's how you good know, you felt that's how good i felt but but it's more so to me it was pretty amazing because that it showed me that how how unnatural the disease is like how it sh- should not physiologically happen to someone it's something goes wrong because you're not supposed to feel like that and it was like, I just hit the ground running and I was like, holy shit, I feel, I feel way better and didn't even really think about, I, I almost couldn't remember, if I could put it into words, I still wouldn't have been able to tell you what it felt like to be shitty.
0: Yeah, I've said that on the show before. Uh, like, There's moments where I feel so normal and okay that I cannot fathom how Stevie would take her own life. I can't fathom, it's like I don't get it, it's like I've never experienced it, but then all fall into the hole and all I'll understand is why she did it. And it's it's the only thing that I know. But then I come out of it again and all of a sudden I'm like, back to how would Stevie do that? Yeah. So it's weird how you your brain like I feel like it's almost protecting itself by forgetting what it actually feels like to feel that bad.
1: I, I hope that is the case because that's you know, that's probably a whole nother conversation is getting people to understand like when, when people just want to sleep and have depression or they just want it to stop and they decide to make certain decisions, um, having people understand that like <laughs> there's nothing selfish about it, and it's actually quite the opposite. And you know, clearly, I think you just it, you just it, it is such an awful feeling that by any means necessary, you just want it to go away. and it, when you're in that hole, you, there's no concept of time. You don't know how long it's going to last. It's just so terrible. You want it to stop.
0: When you're going through depression or you're like really in the thick of it. Yeah. You're making decisions under the influence kind of. It's like being drunk, but without the fun part. But it's like your right mind isn't there, but it feels like your right mind. It feels like it's all the truth, Mm -hmm. but there are all these like lies and, and stuff that your brain's trying to trick you into thinking.
1: Yeah. And that's what I tell myself. It's like, even with the energy or all these things, it's like surfing or whatever it may be. It's like, look, dude, you like these things, you know, they make you happy. You're going to feel like shit doing it, but you just keep, you know, keep going. And that's essentially what I was doing. But getting back to the ketamine thing, it's like, yeah, that, that all the, those feelings and, just internalizing everything and I I felt good enough to where I could concentrate on like something I enjoyed and I could actually enjoy it.
0: Yeah. Okay. Two questions. One, were you on any other antidepressant to supplement it at all?
1: Um. Yes.
0: And two, just before I forget because I know mm-hmm. I'll forget. When you re- started feeling better, did you at all go into like a fear mode because it's going to wear off?
1: So that that's um, so that, the first question all right so the first yeah, yeah, question the first is, question, you on anything else yeah I, I still take a very um, a very the the lowest dose of extender release Welbutrin. okay um again I don't know why I'm on it yeah i I, th- I think I'm just humoring myself that hey it might do something mm-hmm. um but with the ketamine um, interestingly enough the only thing you really can't take is um, Lamictal because it could give you Stevens Johns syndrome
0: yeah There's uh, what a chan-
1: that it's that rash oh yeah um
0: what did you call stevens
1: johns that's
0: weird because stevie had a rash and i thought you were calling it like the stevie rash it's it's nasty
1: but um yeah everything else they i think it's just as long as you're not like getting off of something or tapering onto something
0: yeah i was pretty surprised because it said like if you're taking like a xanax or like a benzo thing that you know just it dulls it Yeah, it dolls it. And so like not to take it for like twelve hours or something like that. But you can still take it, just not right when you're getting it, which was kind of surprising that it was that lenient, I guess. Right. But uh so now you're doing it consistently.
1: Yeah. So getting back to what I was saying about um, oh, I couldn't even remember how bad I felt. Yeah. Uh now it's the opposite of shit, I can't remember what I was feeling when I felt good. Because oh. it creeped up on me, uh-huh. and it's actually, I felt it probably two months ago. I was like, I oh yeah, so I knew it too because I I was like I'd training for like triathlons. I could maybe run once, ride my bike once, and barely get my ass out of bed to go swim.
0: Oh, you lazy piece of shit! Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, but that's just you know yeah, that's all you know our minds. That's right. that's my static line and any. Um, but then I was I live in you know Playa del Rey, and I was going all the way up around Palace Verdes and back which is 52 wow. miles wow. I did that but yeah so it it the, the energy thing was it was great and um, so how
0: long uh, is it lasting for
1: basically most of the people um it's worked for like 2 to 6 months some people it's like they're they're cruising and they're still fine yeah
0: it said like you can get it once and you Right. Could be good forever, or you need it once every few right. months or something, which leads me to ask the dreaded question about the cost of it.
1: Okay. So, because
0: you just did the trial thing. So now you actually have to go for yeah. your first own purchasing.
1: Yeah. So I got four for free, which was right. awesome. Right. But uh, luckily, um, I where... knew it
0: wasn't going to be good because on the website for the, the LA clinic, it says we accept care credit, which is. You know, getting taken like a credit card to get it. Yeah. And I'm like, which, oh, geez. So it's probably really expensive. Uh,
1: you know, I mean, if, if we're talking depression and it's worth it, I don't give a shit how you get it done. Right. It's get worth it. it, it done. Right. Yeah. It's
0: just like really, you know, I was talking to, and I want to do a whole episode on this, but I was talking to um, Beza from Amsterdam and uh, someone else from Denmark, and they were just saying how their mental health system is obviously so incredibly different than ours, but I know in the Denmark situation, like they get assigned a team of people that are working with them to make sure that they're moving forward. So they'll have like a psychiatrist, a therapist, a doctor.
1: God, wouldn't that be nice.
0: Right, and they all work together, this team effort to cheer on one person issued, you know, and so it's just so crazy that- That's nice. And then we're worrying about putting ketamine on our credit cards. Right you know, and it's like a free for all kind of like, yeah, I think, I
1: think that's the muddiness of, you know, where we live and all different kinds of stuff. But, uh, ironically, it's like how the people in Denmark have, I I couldn't even imagine their depression rate is way lower than ours. It has to be way lower. Yeah. Um, so, but yeah, the, um, getting back to what I was talking about with the, like the triathlon thing is, um, two months ago I was like trying to beat a time and I was like kind of hauling ass home and. Pushing it a little, and then I felt this like bottom out, and I was like, "Oh fuck, it's back." And I, once I have that feeling, I know what the rest of my day is gonna go like. Um Shitty. Yeah, and even like eating, I could not tell you the last time I've ate and felt energized. It's just I crash. I hit the wall. I don't. I could eat a tuna salad,
0: mm-hmm.
1: as healthy as can be, and I will hit the wall. And just anything I put in my body, and it's just. It shows you how once that initial earthquake of depression just Fs everything up, not a lot of things just they want to connect, but they just can't. Yeah. So yeah, I that that happened. Like I did that bottom out and I was like, well, I'm sure I'm gonna start feeling stuff again. And the energy started to go. And then what I noticed was my sleep started to go. And now the past two weeks, um, you know, I, I, I'd i fought it for a while because there were still some effects going on. But the past two weeks, it's been like a serious struggle. Mm-hmm. I'll wake up at like 7, hit the snooze, wake up at 7.30, hit the snooze. And then I'll finally get out of bed at like 9 and like get my ass to work by 10, hopefully. Yeah. And
0: does it feel like dread getting out of bed or just too tired?
1: Um, I think that sense of dread, interestingly enough, is I think for me all those feelings are all encompassing now. They're all kind of molded. Mm -hmm. So like the tiredness is the dread is the something is wrong is the you're unhealthy is something, you know, so all that stuff went away with the ketamine and then it came back. Mm -hmm. But what, um, to get back to your point is I have, when I was in the depths of it and the problem is with like anxiety or depression is once your brain feels something, it's going to remember it. And a lot of people Almost do worry and have a problem with getting better, because the depression almost in itself becomes your best friend. You learn how to totally cope with it. It's it's you know it's the devil over your shoulder. It's the shadow following you around. It's it's all that stuff. Yeah, I
0: always kind of say it's this warm blanket that's like feels terrible, but it's warm at the same time. Yeah, so you don't really want to take it off.
1: Yeah, the problem with the biggest problem too with depression is it makes you pardon my French, extremely fucking cynical towards everything. And
0: I always wonder, it's like, am I cynical or is, is it that I'm depressed? It's,
1: it's, it's all all, it's all a side effect of it. It's like, you want to call bullshit on everybody and everything. But and I everybody always sucks. did. Well, yeah. But so
0: I think it's in my personality, but because I, like when I was 16 or 12, or even like when I was eight years old, I wanted to call bullshit on girls in second grade. I remember it was my first moment of wanting to call bullshit. These two girls put up a stink to go to the bathroom together at l- lunchtime yeah. and the l- lunch lady, whatever, wouldn't let them go together. And they were putting up like the biggest fight. And I remember thinking like, just fucking go alone. You don't share bladders. What are you doing? You know, you just want to yeah, like kiss think, each other's asses. I think
1: we're kind of the same breed of people <laughs> that have that.
0: So I was leaning in us, there. Yeah. But
1: I think this is more of a cross between negativity and just an internal Hurt that you just hate that certain people. You know everyone else is not dealing with shit that you're dealing yeah, with yeah. too, and it, it just folds into a, a natural reaction that you already would have, essentially, with your personality. Right. But it
0: just multiplies yeah, it. Yeah.
1: So I think that's with with that warm blanket you were talking about. I think it just it it you're you so used to being um, disappointed. It's like having, once you have depression, it's like when you break your leg or you're sick, you're confident, you know, physiologically and in your mind, you're going to get better. After a while, when you have depression, the hardest thing in the world is when you lose that grip of thinking that this might be forever. Mm-hmm. And that there's nothing there's no worse feeling or life lesson that like that's one of those things in life you just may never change and once you start feeling better if you which i god i hope everybody does and this you know there's more treatments like this that start coming out is it is tough and but but you never know how you're going to react and i the way i reacted was how I initially hope I hoped I would. It's like, mm-hmm. it's not natural. Do it's, you think
0: that affected it that your outcome came out good because you wanted it to?
1: I think the biggest thing for me, which was I would just through all that shit of five and a half you know years of not having one good day all all I wanted to know was like, is it possible to feel better? And after this, I feel terrible and it sucks. Mm-hmm. It really sucks, but. I know there's stuff out there. And the more I look at these other things, these other modalities of like, let's say microdosing mushrooms or, um, which we didn't even get on was the TMS thing. Transcranial uh, magnetic stimulation. <laughs> that's the next thing I'm going to try because apparently that's just as successful and lasts even longer. Mm-hmm. And well, insurance yeah. does cover that.
0: I know. Well, Stevie was doing that and she committed suicide, uh, not, Far after, and she didn't complete it. But I don't think she committed suicide because of the TMS. Um, But I have like a weird feeling around it now because of the situation. But I I looked up, you know, suicide and TMS, and there's no correlation, really. You know, besides just being a depressed person. Yeah. Um. So it's not like there's any sort of warning out there of TMS may make right. you worse. I just, you know, because of the situation, I can't go near it.
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure. I think, um, I have read that they're like, just like anything and any type of drugs, like any outside of ketamine, the, the, the other, all the other stuff I felt before you get better, you, it does kind of kick you down a, a few feet lower mm-hmm. before it brings you back up. So I can only assume that that, possibly does the same thing.
0: I talked about uh, a couple episodes ago uh, about Vivance, which is like an oh, a, which yeah. is like an Adderall yep. or Ritalin. Oh, Yeah. Of, yeah. And um I've taken it and uh I don't take it regularly, but That's I, the
1: stuff that starts working once it mixes with like your gut. Chemicals, yeah, like your right?
0: it's basically gotta be absorbed by your colon. Yeah. yeah. And my col- colon baby, that absorbs. I'll tell you that. So <laughs> <Solid>. it works. <laughs> um and the problem with the Vivance is like kicks me out of whatever like super low state i'm in and i love it but then i get so fearful because i know the next day or it actually i do feel like it lasts like two days i'll feel effects from it the next day Mm -hmm. not as strong but i still feel like somewhat motivated but i know it's going to wear off and i fear that moment when i know it's gone and then i kind of crash again and i don't again i don't take it often but the few times that i have i'm i'm like dreading two days after because i'm going to be in a super deep hole and i don't want to keep taking it i don't want to become what's the word dependent Dependent on it
1: you know it's it funny you were saying with the um what what's that syndrome where people start you know empathizing with their uh hostage takers oh
0: it's um something it's it's stockholm syndrome stockholm thank
1: you so that's essentially uh, i'm sorry to cut you off but that's exactly what depression does to you
0: oh totally because you
1: don't you have it for so long if you've never had that if you don't haven't felt that way out of it, you don't know. Um, but yeah, it's now that I felt that way and how it is possible to get better and not feel scared or shitty that you just kind of like start feeling better and don't even notice it. Cause feeling normal is natural. You're supposed to do it. And When you feel normal, you can feel shitty, you can feel emotional, you can be a bitch, you can be nice, you could be whatever, but that's still on the plane of a normal person, right? And that's naturally how someone should feel. And yeah, so but I
0: think, like you were saying a little while ago, um, it like once you feel depression, it's like your brain remembers it. Yeah, I almost picture depression like a stream and it's already carved out. It's peace in the land, so the water is always going to go to that spot because yeah. that's what's already carved out. Whereas, like, a, it can't start a new spot because the land there is is not carved in at all. You know, um, certainly a scar
1: and, on your. So it's just going to keep
0: running there over and over and over. And I said on the last episode that I have a fear that I'll never be cured of depression. Um, See,
1: that's that's why I think this stuff is so incredible because until you do feel that relief that it's possible. Yeah. The the biggest thing of depression is hopelessness. Yep. And I couldn't sympathize more with everybody that has it and this this shit is for real. Yeah. Like it works.
0: That's amazing. And I when I was on the the treatment center website, one of the first things that it says is like about l- lifting the feeling of dread. And I just instantly was like, I want to do it. Yeah. Because it's for me, I just feel dread. Everything yeah. is dread. Someone could tell me, "I'm," they're going to take me to Disneyland tomorrow. I'd be like, "Cool." Pure I th- dread.
1: I think that the the best to when I try to like describe that on the bad days, it's like try and imagine you would just. <laughs> this is a really bad analogy, but let's say you just I killed someone, mm-hmm. and as I usually do, yeah. Let's say you just killed someone and. You know that you're about to get a phone call to say that a family member has passed and like one other terrible thing, like coupled with that feeling of you tripping and the two seconds before you hit the ground. Like all So those you killed
0: w- someone, someone you love died, and you're about to fall.
1: Just the dread. Yeah. yeah that yeah. dread <laughs> of like and for no reason and you don't know why. It's just like a mechanism that's not won't shut off. Mm-hmm. And it, it's it's the worst thing ever because it's like it starts attaching to like, even doing s- simple things like should I do the dishes? Of like, no, if you do that, you know you're gonna feel worse or it's something. Yeah, it's it's just it's not something's gonna happen. It's just it's wrong, right? It's like weird. why? Why? Yeah, like why? It's wrong.
0: Why? The dishes are gonna exist whether they're clean or not. Like yeah. it just actually, it was funny last night because I was having such a bad day yesterday. The only two things I had to do yesterday was talk to you and talk to someone else, and that's why I had to reschedule when we talked, and it took. Every ounce of my being to make the phone call to you and to the other, and to the other guy. Not that, you know, you're, you were lovely to talk to and you're I'm very, second best it's okay. <laughs> but the feeling of just pressing a button on the phone, it's like there is a 5,000 pound weight on my finger. And then, um, around 11 o'clock last night, it started to lift a little bit mm-hmm. and I, had, I hadn't washed. I, I had been really bad. You said about two weeks. You've been really bad. I've yeah. been bad about two weeks as well. I haven't. Wa- I hadn't washed my hair in about two weeks, and that's like an example of like. Thank you for bathing.
1: You're welcome. Yeah.
0: So around eleven o'clock last night, I was like, "I'm not gonna sleep well if I f- go to bed feeling dirty. Like my hair hurts and right. like it's greasy, and I just, um, and I got up enough motivation to just shower. Mm-hmm. Then after I showered, I was like, "I have enough strength to put away the dishes. Right. And I did, but you that gotta, was all yeah, I had yesterday. But you gotta act
1: on that, and you think it makes you feel better. It it. Parts of it does, parts of it doesn't, but with the ketamine, it's it it goes back to when you're in that shittiness for so long. Out of nowhere, you just it you realize that that is not a task anymore. But when it when that is your life, mm-hmm. you don't you know nothing, you you know nothing different. and and then when you see that, it's basically once you've weathered those storms, you emerge essentially in the sunlight and it's
0: But that's what scares incredible. me is then the going back part. Like, you know, the ketamine it's maintenance. Life is all maintenance and this is like a maintenance for your mental health. Yeah. But it's just like, Oh, I wish it could just last. And I know there's the possibility for it lasting for some people. Yeah. But the it's just like Cutting your nails, washing your hair, getting ketamine treatments—it's like but life if, is just this maintenance, and it's exhausting. And I you, wish it could just not be.
1: If you think about it this way, I think one—that's that—that's depression talking right there. Oh, totally. In a, in a nutshell, yeah. Like the cynic, cynicism of it. Um, well,
0: that, I, I, I'm always like, I went grocery shopping once. That should last me for the rest of my life. Yeah. Like that's how that's how it's, it feels.
1: It's funny you say that because the way MTV. I see, like, my buddies who are all like. You know, gym guys, not douchebag gym guys, but they're just like, they're all very active people and they're like really good at everything they do. It's I see the ability to do daily things, go to work and work out. To me, that is a superhuman power. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, how the fuck do you guys do this? And w- once this stuff kicked in, it's like, it's it's possible and you don't even see anything wrong with it. But the thing is, is, like I was saying, the cynicism and the depression talking, when you say that, it's once you feel good, you'll realize that you don't, you're not going to think like that. It's it's a mechanism of depression. Oh, totally. Like, once you feel better, you will remember, you're like, holy shit, I have confidence now that this, even if I go back to it, this is for real now. Like, I can, I can get this done again. And yeah. it, it's going to work. And there is a way out.
0: So do you know, obviously, I know, like, the science has got to be incredibly difficult to explain. But, like, what is it doing? Okay.
1: So... There's, there's actually, if you Google that um, or YouTube that, there, there's a rad um, animation of, like, ships in, like, a cargo thing. Basically, there's your neurons, and between your neurons are your um, neurotransmitters. Your neurotransmitters suck up, or your neurons suck up your neurotransmitters, which is what gives you the feel-good whatever. With antidepressants, it floods your synapse, which is the floating area, with more neurotransmitters which is why you have so many side effects is because your neurons are broken and they can't suck it up. So you're basically force feeding yourself shit that you already have, but that's not what's broken. Your neurons are broken. So um with ketamine, it's there's some um it's like a protein or a glutamate or some again. I read my, something about glutamate something. Yeah, like a glutamate something. It's like
0: gluten, even in ketamine. Really, right. I'm gluten free. It's I can't the, do ketamine. It's the
1: good gluten, <laughs> um, but it it essentially rebuilds your brain's neurons' ability to absorb absorb that stuff. Yeah. So, again, like so many things, it's they don't know exactly how it works, but they know. Kind of like that's the mechanism of it. So
0: when you say absorb that stuff, are you do you mean like serotonin? Yeah, and stuff?
1: serotonin and you know whatever
0: norepinephrine. Norepinephrine sounds like the woman Nora who Ephron who was a screenwriter and she passed away recently. But whenever they think uh, norepinephrine, I think of Nora Ephron. Anyway, she wrote a lot of movies.
1: Um, I was telling you about those two video or one video in particular. There's um I think it's Andrew Sapolsky or he's the he's the um the head. Psychologist professor at Stanford online, he has a, a video that basically to the best of someone's ability breaks down how depression works, what if you're feeling something, why you're feeling it of what neurotransmitter and possibly like what drug you could take to make you feel better. It basically helped me understand and wrap my head around a lot of what I was feeling, and it helped a lot. Mm-hmm. That, and then the two or three uh, TED talks about depression. There's only like two or three of them on there, but
0: which is surprising. Yeah, I think there'd be more.
1: Yeah, um, Gaia is another cool website too. That that website's Gaia. Gaia.
0: Oh, Gaia. Yeah. How do you spell that?
1: G A I A.
0: Oh no, Gaia. I don't care. <laughs> okay.
1: No, but it's 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 G A I A. Yeah. Almost like I don't know if it's related to the um the vitamins Gaia. Have you seen that company? G A I. But it it's a it's they're all about like psychology and all kinds of crazy stuff like that where you can learn, you know, just um having
0: it's empowering knowing what's going yeah,
1: on. Yeah. It's empowering and it's for for something that a lot of people essentially don't deal with for the general population. Um, when you can't get answers, it's nice to at least understand these little like Mouse crumbs of things, and it it helps a lot to yeah. to know when you feel like you don't know how far down the wormhole you're going to go, and you feel like you're losing control. So to to understand what some of the stuff is helps yeah. a lot.
0: So before I get to the segments, yeah. um, I want to uh, talk about being a guy or being a man oh, yeah. with depression and the stigma for you. So for people listening who can't see you, you are like a man. You have cowboy boot type things on. You have tattoos. You have facial hair. Like you're you're not like a dude. It's like a surfer dude, but you're like, you're a dude. Funny you know? I have
1: surfed all my life too. Which is oh funny. yeah, you mentioned yeah. that. Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. Um, but you, so you don't come across as someone who is going to be depressed or crying before they go to work. Yeah. Uh, so it's. What, when I see people like you feeling sad, it makes me happy does
1: not discriminate, no, right. And that's what makes
0: me happy. It's like, okay, cool. I'm uh, this vision of what I have in my mind of what is supposed to be the depressed person is everybody, not what I thought it was right. going to be, right, which is very good, right, <laughs> but also very bad, yeah.
1: so so going did back you
0: have friends that you could talk to about well, it or anything uh, the
1: toughest thing is is like, And this is one thing about depression is like, even after I've suffered, when someone says, oh, I'm depressed, people who haven't understand it and people who've never had it really have no idea what it's like for your body to physiologically turn against you. Mm -hmm. And there's no differentiating between one term. So some people who say the same thing, some people know what they're talking about. Some people are like, yeah, you felt bad for quite a while, but it's not where... You, you no matter how hard you try, there's nothing you can do.
0: did you feel like it was difficult to start talking about it um did you feel did you feel shame when you were feeling sad or no crying? i
1: i didn't I didn't feel shame um I think the one thing I felt the most was because I'm a pretty empathetic person like you know i have a a great family I have a great upbringing, and you know i I care a lot for I hold a lot of regard for people around me. The worst thing I think that even if you don't have like the guilt part of depression, it molds into that because when you have family that want to help you so much, and you can't even, no matter how hard you fight and ten- tenacious you are, you can't even help yourself. Yeah. Um. It, it's it's hard as you see you wearing down the people that love you. That's the hardest thing.
0: I was going to ask if you felt like you were being a burden to people. And
1: that's that's the biggest thing. Yeah. And that's what's tough. And I think collectively, if you understand that you're not and it, I know it is exhausting for a lot of people, but the more you understand a lot of these feelings, like the more you can handle these things and like just trust that it sucks, but it's going to be okay because there are things days do get better. That's what I always say just, you know, like weather the storms. And you'll, you know, emerge in the sunlight. If you're going through hell, keep going, all, you know, all that stuff. It's like shit gets bad. It gets real bad. But there's always there is always a better day for yeah, sure. Yeah. So
0: I sent um I tagged one of my listeners, Victoria, in a Instagram video recently, and I don't have the guy's name, but there's this guy who does inspirational type of speaking. He's got like 200,000 followers or something on Instagram but I don't love that inspirational stuff it tends to all eventually turn into just noise but I followed him
1: with Instagram there's so many of those people out there that everybody wants to be they
0: inspire me to never want to leave my house exactly but uh he had this good little story and it was basically I'll summarize it uh this the student went to his meditation teacher, whoever it was, there's guide and said, I'm having a really hard time with my meditation. And I'm not, you know, connecting, I'm distracted, blah, blah, blah. And the, and the practitioner or whatever you'd call him said, it will pass. Don't worry, it will pass. So then he goes back to the teacher a week later. And he says, like, teacher, teacher, I'm my meditation is so great. I'm feeling connected and everything's just flowing. And the teacher responded, it will pass. So basically it was like everything passes. So you're going to feel good days and that will pass and you'll feel bad days and those will pass. So keeping that in mind is important. And like yesterday I having such a hard day, it was like just a day. Like I had to be reminded it's just a day it will pass because all of a sudden it feels like this hold you'll never get out of. Yeah.
1: I think the biggest thing you need to do, and even though it's hard when you're in such a deep hole is uh, be an advocate for yourself as much as you possibly can. Um, But within that, it's what I've found out through so many, there's so many intricacies of the human body that that shittiness you could be feeling for a day might have been something you ate. It could have been something that happened. It could be anything. But the thing is, the body works in cycles and waves and everything, and the shit will pass. Yeah, It may get bad again, but guess what? It's not going to be like that forever. It's going to pass. It's going to get shitty again, but just know that there are things out there that can and will make you feel better, and it, you will find that light at the end of the tunnel.
0: Yeah, and I think that light for me is going to be ketamine. I'm I really going to try I it. Hope I hope really am. Yeah. Um, okay, so I'm going to get into this new segment I'm introducing okay. today called Cooking with Carney, okay. and uh, it's depression snacks or depression dinners or depression Ooh, food. Oh,
1: I'm probably going to be really shitty at this because I like cooking well, and healthy
0: so we're going to talk about like something pathetic that we've eaten depressed, and so um, because I know for me when I'm really depressed, I don't want I can't cook. Putting something in the microwave to me feels like going to France to learn cooking skills. Like right. it's just so much. Yeah, it's too much. So um, uh, if you can think of a snack or a meal that you've prepared pathetically when you're depressed, um, I'll I'll do mine first. So you have a min- minute okay. to think about yours. Um, so. One pathetic snack that I tend to do when I'm depressed is um, uh, I love chickpeas or garbanzo beans, mm-hmm. also known as mm-hmm. and these are the directions. So here are my directions on how to consume chickpeas depressed. Um, first, take can of chickpeas, drain fully can of chickpeas, sprinkle salt on <laughs> said on said chickpeas, stir, and eat. voila, dinner. Uh, so that's a uh, cooking Wait, with carny. Chickpeas. I, I can't love believe chickpeas. I'm going to say that. I, and I'm I will just eat an entire can.
1: Because they, they are, they are cooked in the can, right?
0: Um. Yeah. I don't think they're, yeah, I don't think they're uncooked. They come in the can. Yeah. Cooked. But I've never had an uncooked chickpea. I don't think.
1: That might be the dumbest question ever. Be no, like, well, yeah, I don't stupid even is. know Well, guess answer. what? I just found out like two years ago that turkeys fly, so. They do? Yeah, they do. Wow. Yeah. I I feel really
0: That's probably pretty not pretty pretty ungraceful looking. Right? I can't imagine I mean, it's like I a beautiful it's looking like, flight.
1: It's, it's a d- damn dinosaur flying, so yeah. I'm not really concerned. But yeah, so that another stupid thing is I didn't are uh, like how do you make like what's the, the bob gnooch or whatever that's mat is do you just mash them up? Yeah you have, do you have you to mean boil hummus? Them? Hummus.
0: Hummus, yeah. It's there you go. It's just I think ground up chickpeas and mostly you'll usually peel off the shell because there is actually like a little shell okay um and i mean i've never made it so i have no idea okay i'm I'm barely able to just open a can let alone make hummus
1: learn something new every day (laughs) um i think oh i mean i have something relatable to i don't have something that where i live i um luckily have too many places i can just be like i don't want to deal with anything and just go across the street okay so
0: you do a lot of takeout or something yeah Yeah.
1: way too much um but i do remember being desperate and i did have enough energy and somehow i had like a roast like a, a frozen roast that was like a costco thing and I th- I'm pretty sure it was like five or six years old.
0: No way. Oh, yeah. Fro- from your fridge freezer, I mean? Yeah.
1: Frostbite, everything. Like, I don't even...
0: And you didn't get sick, obviously, because it, it well, can't I mean, really go bad uh, in a freezer. No, but
1: it, it, it wasn't good. Yeah. <laughs> it oh, wasn't yeah. good, but... Um, well, ice,
0: what do they call it? Ice burn or... Frostbite. No, uh, uh, freezer y- burn. Yeah. Freezer burn, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's... I... Frostbite. You're, you're right, frostbite was... <laughs> the fridge thing. lost its toes yeah. so had frostbite. same
1: thing. Um, yeah, frostbite. Freezer burn. Yeah. Sheesh! I wish I had a better one. That's you okay. I I, I didn't warn you. So no. On the fly, that was. Pretty I should good. work that's on that. I should go find some weird shit to eat and be like, that's my new guilty pleasure.
0: Well, it's not even that. Like, it's a guilty pleasure. It's that I'm so pathetically like lazy when I'm feeling down that.
1: I mean, cooking
0: anything isn't possible. But I'm hungry enough that I need to put something yeah. in my stomach.
1: I mean, you and I will eat one, an
0: enti- entire can of chickpeas and call it dinner. Yeah.
1: Well, if hey, if if that's one less thing not to get back on the depression thing, if that's one less thing. Like, you know, each thought weighs 100 pounds when you right. feel that shitty. So anything that you don't have to do, it's like, sure. Yeah. 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 Can so, of olives, down the hatch.
0: Yep, an entire can. Okay, so uh, next segment is uh, a new one I'm introducing as well. So you're on a very special episode today where I'm introducing awesome. new segments. Um, I'm trying them out because okay. I'm trying to like, I think who's oh, Sadder is getting a little old. And, um, I'm
1: not witty, so hopefully I can
0: no this one's not hard so it's called (laughs) it's gonna sound it's called 50 shades of gray Mm -hmm. but but gray as in sad because like gray is a sad color so on the spectrum of gray where are you are you black is all the way terrible white is feeling pretty good and then you have medium gray you have like um kind of a freight ship gray or a like, my walls right now is, like, a lighter, more cloud gray. A little, little
1: slate action going. Okay. Um, uh, so you're pretty deep. Uh, as far as, like, how I feel, huh? I would say, um, I'd kind of say just a run-of-the-mill gray. Basic gray. Yeah. Okay,
0: that's not too bad.
1: Yeah. Because I, I think... Could be worse. Again, going back to I, I my faith in uh, the possibilities... Of um, keeping the faith, of like that, I'll feel better. Ever since I found that out, with with what we've talked about, if had you asked me in uh, September, I would have been like fucking dark gray, yeah. yeah, very dark gray,
0: yeah. But today, I feel like I can feel your sense of resilience, and um, your sense of like. I think you feel comfort knowing that you will be better. Within the next couple of days, like I've, you'll I've, be I've back always, into
1: a... yeah, I've always had that in me. No matter how deep it was, because I've I've always been pr- a pretty stoked, like positive person. But it's like you know, this stuff will will bury you. Yeah, and um, but just knowing that, not having to have that faith, knowing that there is something that makes you feel better. Yeah, yeah, it it definitely, you know, it's uh, a comfort. Yeah, a little bit, and and as far as not to get off these things but um really quick with the pricing it's um there are places that are affordable kind of and then there's places that are not affordable
0: okay are the places that are affordable like so, skeevy and no, not no. to be trusted well no
1: ketamine's cheap as shit it's it's pff, it's like a bag of saline for some people it's it's old, it's from the 60s and it's cheap as hell and some places are like 400 500 bucks the place i go to it's like 650
0: Six fifty four all
1: for one for one yeah Damn, okay but then the hospital that I got this uh, program done at they're like yeah you can always come back they're thirteen hundred dollars a piece I am like
0: fuck can I get like yeah.
1: a a stamp card or something right, like right. Uh,
0: like yeah we need food stamps for yeah ketamine. but it's
1: but that's at a hospital and they're going to charge you eighty dollars for an Advil so of course anyways yeah. back on uh, the the segments um yeah gr- uh middle gray okay middle gray
0: okay I'd say I am probably if you asked me yesterday, I was, like, the darkest gray next to black. Yeah. And today I'm probably, like, 10 shades. If there's 50 shades and 25 is the middle, mm-hmm. I'm at probably four. I'm at 38 shades of okay. gray. I'm at that. That's my death. 30's good. Yeah. Thir- 30's, 30's like you're still hanging in there. You're yeah. doing okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, that was a new segment. Solid. Um, And then, uh, lastly, I'm going to do a depression impression uh, because... Netflix recently got uh all of the Twilight Zone on on like there the, so you, the old, the old twi- one no way
1: mm-hmm. oh there's a few i remember that are like
0: whew. yeah
1: do you remember the 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 two i remember was the guy that like oh he, what was he? he was like super racist and then he woke up in nazi germany
0: oh my god no i've only seen two episodes and they were last night it was and the first then time the ever other one
1: it. is was the dude like the guy that saw like a gremlin ripping shit off the airplane wing, like, or a woman, I think is on a plane. Oh, uh-huh. It was like super rainy and looked outside and there's like this, like gremlin, like ripping shit off the engine. And that was on Southwest. Probably.
0: <laughs> I'm
1: sure it was. I
0: think that's what happened on that airline. Um, But I, I never watched it before. And I watched the episode all the time in the world. I think it's called. Yep. And,
1: Oh, I haven't even thought about any of these. And it's interesting with like Black Mirror and all those coming out, how yeah. much they correlate.
0: And I mean, if if they had the technology back then when they filmed the Twilight Zone to do it now, it would be just an, ep- such an epic show. Yeah. But I mean, if you look, it's just so, it looks so hokey because it's like done in like 1950 or whatever. Yeah. Um, but the, all the time in the world episode was basically this guy who loved reading. That was like his happy place was reading books and, he couldn't read during the day because he had to work. And then at night, his wife wouldn't let him read because when he was home, she wanted him to do things around the house and, and go out and be social and stuff. So he, he just wished for some time alone. Oh, that's
1: when he was in like the house. Or, or, he was in, like a, in an attic or something.
0: Yeah. Well, he goes in the bank. So he works at a bank. So then the next day he's in a bank vault reading, like sneaking away to read. Right. And this like atomic bomb goes off and everyone is killed. Yep. Yeah,
1: I do remember. Yep,
0: but I love how like everything's destroyed except books. Like they're very readable. But anyway, he uh, he survives this atomic bomb. There's books left for him to read, and he's just so joyous that he gets to have all the time in the world to read all these books. And then his glasses fall off and drop and break, and he's totally blind. And so now he's left alone on the on the earth with all these books, and he just can't read them. And it's like that you know freaky kind of tragedy type of thing. But anyway. The reason I'm mentioning that is because I looked up the actor who played the guy and it was um Burgess Meredith, who I had no idea. That's a solid name. It's a good name. Yeah. But he strong. was he was Mickey in Rocky. He was Rocky's trainer. Um but oh, this was huh. I mean, that you know, Rocky was in the seventies. This was filmed in like the fifties, so he didn't look anything.
1: Yeah. But he was still kind of like a, kind of like a crusty looking guy. Yeah. Very know. crusty. Yeah. But
0: when he was young, like in the you know thirties, forties, fifties, whatever, right. he, he wasn't crusty. But anyway, I was like, Oh, I'm going to read a little bit about him. And, um, turns out that he had, um, psych- cyclothymia, which is psych- yeah. a version of bipolar disorder. Yeah. And it said he had like crazy mood swings and, um, and stuff, but he didn't ever have like really high mania episodes and he never yeah, was
1: Cyclothymia like, is like a very like kind of it's like is it like it's like hypomania and somewhere in between but it's, it's like, like you
0: never really hit even hypomania i yeah. guess but you're just always riding somewhere yeah in between and um and so anyway i was i was like whoa mickey from rocky had had mental health problems you know you just people you'd never think about having them have them yeah and my dog just jumped off the bed which means now his nails will start clicking on the floor so i think our time is up uh because now he's gonna start yeah he was like okay guys enough is enough so anyway that's the show thank you so much for sharing so keep me updated on how it goes in the next couple weeks and then maybe you'll come back
1: yeah i i'm again, like like I said, I'm happy to any any platform I can to just help one person learn or understand or make feel better. That's how I help myself so much is whether it be a podcast or you know researching, I'd come across one nugget of information that would help me understand some this horrible thing I was dealing with and it, it's awesome. so yeah anytime.
0: Good. Good. I'm glad. Yep. I, uh, I'm i jealous that you have enough motivation when you're feeling down to even search those things. I, I, I think don't.
1: feeling that terrible is kind of a motivation until like I hit the wall. Right. It's not it's not too long lived. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You yeah. Know.
0: You take it while you get it. Yeah. Well, thank you guys so much for listening to the show. And I always appreciate you guys. I love my listeners. And if you like the show, please rate on iTunes and If you want to support the show on Patreon, you can go to patreon.com slash mentally chill. And I think that's about it. So remember, oh, wait, do you want to talk about it all like your Instagram or where anyone can find you or look you up?
1: I mean, I I got a normal Instagram, just a dude with his family and fun stuff I do. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, yeah, like if you want to, if like, if you have questions for me, like I shit, I'm an open book. Um, and
0: I'm sure people will, it's a very yeah, fascinating yeah, for sure. treatment.
1: Um, my handle is a uh, whiskey tango and it's an E it's a three instead of an E. Right. Um, but yeah, give me like, if you have questions, I am, I would love to help anybody or just guide them in the right way if, if I can at all. So, awesome. Yeah. Awesome.
0: Cool. Okay. Well, thanks for listening guys and, uh, hit, uh, Trevor up if you're interested and remember stay sad enough to listen, but not too sad. See you next time.